0: Okay, today's learning. is So, we're up to the Mishnah. The Mishnah says like this. The Mishnah is talking about the halacha, that if a man hurts another man, uh, if a man is fighting with another man and he hits a pregnant woman and causes the miscarriage, you have to pay for the value of the baby. So, the Mishnah wants to say that this halacha applies to men, not to cows. Meaning, Let's say a cow is intending to gore another cow. And it accidentally, hits a woman instead. And she loses the baby. The owner of the cow does not have to pay for the miscarriage. Now, by the way, there's one thing that's a little misleading. I'll just I'm just spoil the Gemara as we do it. There's one thing a little misleading. It, it makes it sound like there's no paying for the miscarriage because the cow was intending to hurt another cow, and then a woman got in the way. Let's say the cow was intending to hurt the woman. Maybe There's still no payment. There's never... A a cow is not mechuyiv. This parsha is anoshim v'loyishvarim. It does not apply to cows. Uh, The the reason why I picked this a little misleading is because the the flow of the Mishnah works a little bit better. But the truth is, the Gemara is going to explain, there is no halachic payment when a cow causes a miscarriage, regardless of what its intention is. Okay, let's keep going. But, that's why I picked it for the man. But if a man is intending to hurt his, his friend, and he hurts a wife a woman instead, and causes her to miscarry, he pays for the value of the baby. Now, how do you calculate the value of the baby? So we alluded to this last time. There's two ways to calculate it. You can calculate it, how much does a child cost at market? Or, You could calculate it as the difference between a pregnant slave or a non-pregnant slave. Now, the difference between a pregnant slave and a non-pregnant slave will be much less than the cost of buying a pregnant woman and a fetus at market. Because whenever you're buying someone that's pregnant, there's always a concern. You don't know the baby's going to survive. You know she's going to survive. So you're not going to pay as much. So if you're trying to figure out the value of a child, the value of a child at market will be more than... A pregnant slave as opposed to a non-pregnant slave. So the Mishnah says, how do you calculate it? and Mishal and Meval, this is how you calculate the value of the baby. So Shaman is the Isha. Kami Yofa The Chazal say like this. You figure out how much is a pregnant woman as a slave value. The And how much is she worth not pregnant. And that, ma- that amount is the value of the child. Um, Amr Gamliel. Gamliel. doesn't like this. He says, Im What do you mean? He says M'shem Gamaliel. Now, this is a cryptic lashon. There's going to be two explanations in the Mishnah as to what this means. But the first shot, what it means is, I'll go with the more simple reading. M'shem Rav Gamaliel, I'll go with the first Mahalach of the Gemara. does not like doing this math. Why? Again, what's the math? How do you figure out the value of a baby? You figure out the value of a woman who's pregnant and the value of a woman who's not pregnant and the difference. That assumes that a pregnant woman costs more than a non-pregnant woman. Rav disagreed with that. He said it actually you'd actually pay less for a pregnant slave because there's a chance she'll die. During pregnant again, during childbirth was incredibly dangerous. It was not, it was a very, very dangerous situation. Therefore, Shanghaliel says your entire premise that she's more valuable as a pregnant slave, I, I actually think is flawed. So therefore, how does he figure out the value of a slave of a baby? And a shaman, it's a vlog, this off Very simple, you figure out what is the market for a fetus? Like what, what's the market? Meaning don't no, don't do the the minus just um, buy each one. Woman, fetus, together. That's that's the value. Okay. Now, who gets the money? Nois in the So we alluded to this once, that the money goes to the father. Says the Mishnah, Im labal, let's say the father dies, nois in the Yarshav, you give it to his family, not to her, you give it to his inheritors. Now, agiris, let's say, he's, she's a Giyaris, and the Rashi explains, the reason why she's a Giyaris is because a is probably married a ger. So basically, he's a Giyaris, yeah? So he's a Giyaris, and then he, he passes away, and he has no and he has no heirs. Potter, he's Potter. Meaning, if 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 the, if if the point is like this, if the father is supposed to get the money, and the father dies, and there is no heirs, you're Potter. You don't give it to the wife. The woman does not have a schus in this money. It goes to him. If he's not alive, you give it to his heirs. If he doesn't have heirs, Potter. That's the chiddush of the Mishnah. It's a big chiddush, that the z'chus of the vladis is not at all for the wife, it's purely for the father. Okay, let's start the Gemara. Now the Gemara is going to point out something that I mentioned when we did the Mishnah, which is that the Mishnah says, the Mishnah's main point is to say that if a cow uh, causes a miscarriage, you don't pay for the vladis, but the Mishnah's lashen is, the cow is trying to hurt another cow and it causes a miscarriage. The Gemara is going to ask, what if the cow is intending to hurt the woman? Right, you told me the case of the Mishnah is the cow is intending to hurt another cow. A is trying to hurt B, and then in middle, it hurts a woman accidentally. Then you don't pay. The implication is that if it intended to hurt the woman, you would pay. Is that true? So the Gemara says, The implication of the Mishnah is that the reason why the cow doesn't pay is because the cow is trying to hurt another cow. The cow intended to hurt the woman and cause the miscarriage. You would pay. But that's not true. Le'met taviyus the ravada barava. This is not like ravada barava. Damer ravada barava. Shvaar mishnah nischav and liyishah peturah made dvoladis. Ravada barava says a cow does not pay for the dvoladis. The parasha does not apply to oxen. So what is the mishnah? So the mishnah is a little misleading. So Gamar says you're right. Am lechavada barava who adin dafilun nischav and liyishah nami peturah made dvoladis. Ravada responds. The truth is. The, 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 the Mishnah was written a little funny but the truth is you will never pay an ox will never pay for vladis if it causes a Jewish woman to miscarry. It's not, it's not paying for that alright so why does the Mishnah say the ox is trying to hurt another ox or, because the end of the Mishnah is a man is trying to hurt another man Man hurt another man, ox, another guess just to keep the flow. The Gemara says, I did the is sharsha just to keep the flow going. Okay. Amra Papa. Now we said, we just got finished saying that an ox will not pay for the miscarriage of a child. Says the Gemara, that's only true if it's a Jewish child. But let's say the ox hit a pregnant slave, and caused the slave to miscarry, you do pay. Why? Because a slave is not considered a person. They were considered like a behemoth. So it's like the ox. If an ox hits another ox and causes the miscarry, of course it pays. It's in the parsha. Ox to ox. Ox to people, no. But if it's a slave, it's an then it's like the ox gored another ox and then you pay. Now again, you might have to pay for nezek, but you're not going to pay for this special thing called vladis. But you will pay for vladis if it's an ox to a non-Jewish slave, because then it's not considered it's like a shar against a shar. It's sort of, uh, like, I think uh, Yeah, interesting. What's interesting is what's interesting is I, I, I'm not exactly sure, yeah, yeah, but you still, I, I'm not, okay, you're, you're paying for damages, you're paying for damages. It's interesting. I think I'm going to say, up. Because when I hurt this Canaanite slave, it's like hurting a pregnant uh, donkey. Therefore, it's like any other nezek that you pay for it. As opposed to when you hurt the Jewish woman, you're going to pay for tsar and Sheveth, Ripa and Sheveth and Pahishis, whatever, but you're not going to pay this thing I, I don't think there's much of a difference because by, I, again, I'm just speaking this out. By a Jewish woman, you're paying for Nezek, you're paying for tsar, Rit Boishevis, and should you're paying for all those stuff. No, it's an ox. No, you're actually just paying for Nezek. You're paying for Nezek. So you are paying for Nezek. Over here, you're also paying for Nezek. It's the Nezek of a Vlad. I'm not 100% sure what the uh, the, the, the monetary difference would be between the two. I'm not 100% sure. Because you're paying for Nezek in both. It's just you, you're not paying for special Vladus. But I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, it's, it's sort of counterintuitive, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, so there are the Am um, and you pay for them, but you don't pay for the Yid. Yeah. Well, let's let's hope that the the see people don't learn, mem tests and baba I don't know. Uh, I, like I said, also, but but even by a Jewish woman, you're paying for nezek. You're paying for a lot. You're paying for nezek, so I'm not 100. Okay, I have to figure out exactly the, the amount. I guess the difference is how you calculate the Nazi. A... Not sure. Now, according to the Rabbanon, you're paying, how do you calculate the value of a child? So we said you figure out the value of a pregnant slave, non pregnant slave. So we, we sort of alluded to this last time. When we were talking about this, we were talking about this by a cow. When, a pre- when a, We were talking about a cow being pregnant, but is the same true about a woman being pregnant. When a woman is pregnant, the reason why her value, let's assume her value is more, not like woman real. The pregnant slave is more valuable than a non-pregnant slave. There's two reasons why you're paying for that. Number one, the opportunity to have a child. right? That's number one, you're paying for that. Number two also, they look bigger. They look healthier. Oh, so the point is like this. So being bigger is considered also part of the, part of the, part of the, the value. So the question is like this. So the, let's assume that you were able to figure out, the woman, it's a $100 difference between pregnant and non-pregnant. $80 is due to the fact that she might be giving birth to a child that is viable. $20 is the robustness. OK, I, I don't know how you, so you can figure it out. So the $80 goes to the father. That's the point. That's the value of the baby. What about the $20? So the Mishnah just says it all goes to the Father. So the implication is that both payments go to the Father. So the Gemara speaks this out. What about the... what about the the? It, sh, it sounds like you give both payment, isn't it, just for the baby? The Gemara says, and Michelle and this How do you pay for the value of the baby? the Vladis and is the girth, the girth, the biggerness So the, we're applying that from the shore to a woman. Well, we're just assuming. The point is, it was it was a, it was a true element by women as well. A pregnant woman was more valuable for two like reasons. Side is better; it's thicker. We thought there was more this is more. No, cognitive. it was mental. It was a mental thing. It's just oh she looks strong, she looks like she, she's not going to die. No, Again, you have to realize, back then, Back then, being thin, it and, and was always disease, whatever, you see a person that's bigger and healthier, that that that, that was like, oh, yeah, they're going to be fine. Nowadays, now is right. the opposite. Oh, yes, so the I point know, is, oh, oh my God because in heaven, I need everybody to shut it. So the point is like this, so the point is like this, so so the, the, the implication is that you pay for both. The Gemara says, yeah. so the, the Gemara explains that according to the Chachamim, the implication of the Mishnah is that both of these payments go to the Father. Now then we read in the Mishnah, Rav Shimon says a cryptic line. And the Gemara wants to know, what did he mean? So I mentioned one mahalich. We're going to now see two mahalich and more of did not like the calculation of the Rabbonah. So what, my comment, what, what was his, what was bothering So the first approach is he fundamentally disagreed as to whether a pregnant slave is more valuable. Meaning, the Chachamim's assumption is how do you figure out the value of a baby? So you pick a pregnant slave, which is 200. Non-pregnant slave is 100. So the value of a baby is $100. That whole calculation assumes that a pregnant slave is more valuable than a non-pregnant slave. Rosheng Malil disagree with that. He says, people would not pay more for a pregnant slave because there's a chance she's going to die soon. Oh. So Hashem Malil says, I disagree. That's the first mahalach. This is what Rosheng didn't like. You're assuming that a pregnant slave is more valuable. I don't agree with that. Women are more valuable as a slave uh, not pregnant. So I, I disagree with your entire premise. So Rishim says, you want to figure out the value of a baby, you have to actually figure out the value of the child on the market. So that's the first mahalach of what Rishim disagrees with. It's just a practical difference as to evaluating pregnant slaves. The Gemara says, We have a b'raisa that speaks this out. That's the first approach of the b'raisa. Now, we have a second mahalach of what Rishim Malil didn't like. The second halakh is also very simple, and that is, he's not bothered by that. Really, Rishon Maliel could feel that pregnant women are more valuable. He's not bothered by that. You know what bothers him? We mentioned before, every time a pregnant woman is pregnant, let's assume that she's more valuable. Right now, we're going with that approach more valuable than non pregnant. There's two aspects that make her more valuable it's the potential, it's called, again, the there's Deme vlados and Shevach vlados. Deme vlados is the value of the potential baby. Shevach Vlados is the, the strength and the size of the woman, and she seems more healthy. Rishikom Liel is bothered, according to the second approach. Is He says, why are both going to the husband? I understand Dimei Vlados. Yes, the value of the baby itself. The Pusik says the father gets the value of the baby. Fine. But why are you giving the value of her size, her girth, whatever strength, whatever, however you want to define it, why is that going to him? That Rishikom Liel is bothered by. That should go to her. Okay, that is so that's a second approach as to what bothers Oshumis. The first approach is that he fundamentally disagreed that the value of a baby a pregnant woman he feels is less. Second approach is no 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 no. The pregnant woman is talking more. So what's bothering him? He doesn't think that both payments should go to go to him. One payment should go to him and one payment should go to her. But that's only first of all, a couple of things. One is if the Torah says she should get it, then not. Also, what if she what if the husband's dead? We said before that he doesn't have to pay because it doesn't go to her at all. No. You know, says the Gemara. Rava Omar, Hachikitani, Rava says I have a different approach of what bothers Shemul This is what's bothering Hashem Nilo. V'chim ishalim ve'in la'atzah b'shevach klum. says, I understand that there's two aspects of the payments. There's May vlados and shevach v'ladas. I understand giving him the demei vlados, but why is he getting the Shebach Vlados? le'bal v'shevach he gets the monetary payment of the value of the baby, and she and the father split the value of the shevach vodos, which is the girth, the size, the strength, whatever. However you're able to calculate that, she and the f- uh, husband split that. Okay, that's what this. me. We have a price that similarly states this. Okay, and here's a bit of a problem. There are two braisas that back up Rav and Rabba. Both those braisas are contradicting each other. Because the first braisas' premise is, Shemuliel feels that a pregnant woman is less valuable. That's what bothered him. The second Brysa says, no, 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 it's more valuable. I just don't agree that he should get all the money. She should get a part of the shevach Ladas. It's a bit of a contradiction. The first Brysa explains to Shemuliel saying that a pregnant woman is less valuable. The second Brysa says a pregnant woman is more valuable. And they're both explaining to Shemuliel. So what does Hashem Leel hold? Like, Rav and Rob are arguing, and now you have two brices that both back them up, and basically it's a bit of a contradiction. Is a pregnant woman more valuable or less valuable? It's a, each brice implies a different thing in the name of Hashem So the Gemara says, kasha, der der kasha, kan machabers, The answer is, it depends. The first pregnancy, less valuable. The second pregnancy, and non more valuable. See the first pregnancy, she has not proven that she's able to give a child without dying. So the first pregnancy, pregnant, pregnant slaves, the first pregnancy are less valuable. Once they've already proven that they could deliver healthily, then obviously much more valuable. So that that's how you could explain those prices. Is less death in the second child? I think it's yeah. I like just said she she proves that she was able that her body can handle the trauma. By the mortality rate. Yeah, and also she, her body proved that she could handle the stress and the and the you know, of giving childbirth. Okay, rabban darmi shevach vladus nami lebal. Now the rabbanan. So now we have a new machloikas of whether shevach vladus. Again, shevach vladus. I'll just use the terminology shevach vladus. Just understand what it means. It's the it's the it's the value increase of a slave based on not the baby, based on the girth, the strength, the appearance. Okay, so that's a machloikas. Who gets that? According to Shemaliel, it's split between the father and the mother. According to Rabbanon, it goes entirely to the father. The Gemara says, what is the Rabbanon's, what is the um, Rabbanon's source that it goes to the father? Rabbanon, the Amri, Shevach, V'la, Labal, the Rabbanon who said that that girth value goes to the father as well, my time, what's the reason? as the B'raises says, the says, it's describing a woman who lost the baby. And it says, she loses the baby. And then it says, Harah. She was pregnant. I mean, if you lost the baby, that means you were pregnant. Why does the pasuk have to say she was pregnant? The pasuk is saying, you know, it's an unnecessary word. You know the pasuk is saying hara? The pasuk is saying all of the pregnancies increase goes to the father. All of the pregnancies increase, not just the baby. The girth and all that stuff goes to the father as well. That's, Roshim, that's the on Now, what does Hashem do with this pasuk? Because he feels it doesn't go to the father. It's split hi Hara, my daughter What does he do with the word Hara? Of the Shevach Vlados only, not the value of the baby. The girth thing is split between the the woman who lost the baby and her husband. Versus only to the husband. Correct the Gemara continues what does he do with the word this is Xeris HaKosav what if okay the Pasuk is describing a, a woman who miscarries well what's the case the most obvious case is you punch her in the stomach right no I'm saying you punch her where the baby where she's pregnant let's say you hit her in the shoulder and just it hurts her so much she freaks out she loses the baby You don't have to pay for that. Hara means that you would hit her which is the area of the womb. You have to hit her in that part of the body, the stomach part of the body, whatever. But if you actually hit her in her face and it doesn't, then again, you're still going to be paying. I want to make this clear. You're paying Nezit, Tzairi, B'Sheves, and but The Vladas you're not going to pay for. Again, I don't know how you figure out Nezek without figuring out the vlogos, but that's that, uh, that's not for me. I'm not a diet. Yeah, but vlogos has to be your weight, your size. Well, that's part of it, and also the value of how much potential on the market, the fact that she's giving birth, that that, that ups the value also. The point is, I don't know how that's different than Nezek. Okay, I'm not sure. But the point is... But that's not the payment for the baby. That's extend, ex, extra. Which one? Vlogos. Vlados is for the baby. Vlados oh, means yeah, a baby. That's and... Shevach Vlados. Shevash. That's not me Vlados. Because there's a grama. Is it because it's a grandma? We just can't... Theoretically, yeah, you should pay, but we can't... I think it's Xeris HaKasif, you... because I don't even think it would be a grandma. If you punch someone in the arm, and it just causes her instantly to lose the baby, Sorry, but... I, I, I don't even think that would be a grandma. I think that would be, be a dime. Xeris You have to hit her in that part of the body. So this machlopis of Rabbi Shem and the rabbanim is... Is not on the baby, this is on the Shema. Correct. Correct. The Gemara continues. and Rav Papa clarifies Loi mamish. By the way, it doesn't have to be mamish where the baby, like the baby's over here, you have to hit her mamish in that spot. It just means that part of the body. It means any any part of the body that if you strike it, the baby would feel it instantly. As meaning la Meaning if you hit her in the leg and the arm and it causes a miscarriage, you don't have to pay. Okay, let's keep going. Um, now, we said in the Mishnah, this is very interesting and very important. We said in the Mishnah that the, let's go with the velados. Forget about Shevach, the value of the baby. It goes to the father. If the father's dead, it goes to his family. Let's say he has no family, you don't have to pay. You don't give it to the woman. She's not getting the money. It's going to the father. If the father's dead, it goes to his family. If he's a convert and has no family, then you're potter. Potter is means... you. There's no one to give it to. You don't have to give it. I mean, there's no, the, the potter. The yeah, like it, no potter. You don't. There's no. There's no payment requirement. Potter means practically there's on the no one to pay. A fort, not a fault. Yeah. And there's no. There's no one to pay. Maybe you should give it Stucker. Maybe a makuba will tell you to give tzedakah. But there's no. There's no one to pay. Yeah. That means that it never goes to the woman. Now the gemara doesn't like this. Amar I don't think it doesn't say. Like I said, you ask a rabbi, maybe he'll tell you. Because but... a lot of times when it, it is the it says it. Yeah, yeah, correct. It doesn't say it. Now, rabbi clarifies. Rabbi doesn't like this. Basically, according to this, the woman is never getting the money. Rabbi says, no, no, no. I don't, I don't agree with that. Again, what's the case? The case is the husband is a convert. That's why he has no family members. Says rabbi, I agree with you that she doesn't get the money if you hit her and she became a miscarried while the husband was alive so that happened while he was alive so he is like zoha in the payment then he dies without leaving any family members well, then there's no one to give it to him. but let's say Why does he she get it? because the possible is not to her no 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 but she's getting it from him but she doesn't inherit him the wife doesn't inherit the husband so, it, so there's no one else so it's okay, so we're gonna get to that point in a second. The point is like this if you hit it while he's alive, so it should go to him. He's Zoika in the Kiev, and then it should go to his family. He doesn't have a family partner. But let's say he already died, and then a month after his death, she loses the baby. Says Rabbah, then of course you should get it. It never went to him to exclude her. If it went to him and then went, it's sort of like pipes. Right? There's his money and her money. So it went to him, it already went down to his pipe so fine, okay, fine, I get it but if he's dead and then it goes to her and then it, she miscarried of course she should get it that's Rabba's opinion that's Rabba Rav Chizet doesn't like it because I think Rav Chizet doesn't like it because what do you said which is Rabba's basic premise is when the Titus says that he gets it that's only true when he was alive so it went down his pipe. So it went down to him, to his family, to her, to his family. His family's dead. Fine. So it goes into ether. But if he's already dead, then it just goes straight to her. Rabbi doesn't like it because Rabbah said what you said, which is even when he's dead, Rachizdo uh, doesn't like it because even when he's dead, why doesn't it go to the wife? <laughs> it goes to the husband, right? His family died. So he has no family. So then it goes to her. What's the answer? The answer is Vais the of Hashem. It's a gzeris It doesn't go to her. Once it's a xeris it never goes to her. Rav says, Amr Rav Chizda, Mari Dichi, Master of the Teaching, Otu Vlada, in of So I, I don't understand. So it's it's like a schus that it goes to him and then transfers to her. But if it, that's only true if we went to him first, I, I don't agree with this. Rav doesn't like this. Rav says it's it doesn't go to her. It never goes to her. So that's the machleikus of Chiz and Raba, basic in, in, in a very, very simple, simple case. They argue in the following case. Everyone agrees if it, if he was alive at the time, it goes to him. If he dies, it goes to his family. If he has no family, Potter. The machleikus is if he already died, and then she miscarried, then the whole fight happened. Then she miscarried. Raba says it goes to her, and Chiz says Potter That's the machleikus. This is the baby. This is not. No. Well, the rabbanan don't look at a difference between shavuach Vadas and tamei The rabbanan look at them the same. It's Rishonim liel who says that she gets part of it. Yes, according to Rishonim liel, she's always getting part of it. it doesn't They're matter. At the, the time, so the pasuk won't apply. You can just say when there's a ball, the pasuk. No, that's his point. Then there's, there's no exactly. So the pasuk doesn't apply. So there's no Chiv. That's the point. No pasuk. Woman gets it. No, no pasuk. Nothing. nothing. No, nothing. I mean, no, it doesn't. Does, do it, do you, it, it never. It, it never. It, no correct. It never happens. That's how Rafizda looks at it. I mean, when there is no husband. Then it then the whole Parsha doesn't Fine, then, like I said, you'll figure out as a stamp, but the the concept of love, this doesn't apply. Okay, so that's the ma. So basically the kit the So Chiz and Raabba is if the husband died, then she miscarried. Does it go to her? or is it Potter? It says the Kumar Mesa I have Akasha, basically in quote Brysa, the Brysa says the Brysa basically says that if the husband's dead, you're Potter. Ah. Oh, That's not like Ravah, because Ravah says that if there is no husband, it goes to her. The price doesn't say that. That's the Gemara's kasha. The price says if you hit a pregnant woman and cause her to miscarry, the nezek and the tsar goes to the woman, but the vladeis is to the husband. Ein Habal, if the husband dies, nicely Yarshav, you give to his Yarshim. Ein Aisha, let's say there is no woman, so who gets the Nezek and Sar? Nicely Yarshav, you give it to her family members. Now let's say the husband dies, and he doesn't have family members. potter. Oh, you see over here, your potter? That's not like Rabbah, because Rabbah said that if the husband dies, then she miscarries, it goes to her. Over here, it just says potter. So the Gemara answers. <laughs> the answer is very simple. This Brysa, what is the, what's the Kasha? This brisa says that if the husband dies and didn't leave any heirs, Potter. I thought, according to Ravi, you give it to her. The answer is the case in the Brysa is where the miscarriage happened when he was alive. Again, when he's alive and then it goes down his pipe, everyone agrees that you're Potter. That's what the Bryce is talking about. E- easy, easy way to get at it. Or Iba Yisema, go to the next page. Or another easy way to go, change the girsah And say it goes to her. Okay, Zachsa. So when the Bryce says Potter, change it to Zachsa. I Meaning instead of Zacha, which is that that the damager is acquires the no need to give it it goes to her. Okay, it's great. I guess it's just saying because then, then then what's maybe gonna... what's the chiddush of the brisa then? Because then why why is the brisa saying this? Because it's completely unnecessary. Because I know it already. I'm not sure. Okay. Again, we have rabbin or chizda. What is the halacha if she miscarries after the ger dies? The guy dies without any heirs. Then she miscarries. Rabbi says, She gets the money, because this is potter. I think it's a Why? The says like this, You have a woman who's married to a convert, and she's pregnant. And while the ger is alive, she, she gets into a fight and loses the baby. The husband gets the money. But let's say the husband died. So what's the halakha I told you It's Machloikis Rabba and Rufchizdah so Tani Choda chayiv. one price says chayiv. but tani chodh potter, one price says poter. So it's mamish na machikis, rab and these two prices. My love tanohi, mamish these two prices. Murra says no. Larabah tanohi, l'archizda me lemitana. Yeah, Rabbu definitely says it's a machli sana. Could Rafchizda get out of it in a way that it's not a machikana? The Murra says yes. Loy Kasha, Harabonan, Harushik Mwil. The answer is very simple. Could be that Ruchizda is right. Potter. Always Potter. Why does one Braisa say that she gets the money? Because that Braisa follows Roshim Gamliel. Again, my father was pointing at this before. According to the Rabbanon, the money always goes to the husband. All of the money. The girth, the value, all goes to the husband. Hence, if he dies, maybe Potter. According to Roshim Gamliel, the money is split. So according to Roshim Gamliel, she definitely gets some of it. So when the Braises says you give it to her, it's not according to the Rabbanon and telling you that if the husband dies, it goes entirely to her. No, no. It's, it's Roshim leel. It's just saying. The money that Roshim leel said goes to her. Okay. Very simple. So the Gemara says, well, my nami Wait, wait. If it's Roshim leel, then why why is the case that she that he already died? According to Roshim leel, she always gets 25% of it, let's say. It's 25% because 50% is the Vlados that goes to him, and then the Shevachlo, this is split. According to Shevon she always gets 25%. So why did the Bryce again, the Bryce has said, the husband already died, then she miscarried, you give her the money. Oh, you see, like, like, Rabah, it's like, no, 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 that Brice is in to Leel, and it's saying she gets 25%. She always gets 25%. So why does it have to be that the husband died? Even if the husband's alive, she gets 25%. So the Gemara says, You know what the answer is? According to Shevon she gets 25% when she's alive, when he's alive, if he dies, she gets all of it. That's the chiddush. Meaning, we were having a machleg is what would the Rabbanan say? We were completely ignoring what Rishon meliel would say. Rishon meliel says, normally, when he's alive, she gets 25%. If he dies, she gets 100%. Okay. And that's the chiddush of the B'raisa. So when it says that he died, he goes to her, it's Roshim meliel It's not related to our is at all. And the chiddush is that it entirely goes to her. Okay. Now, Here's the kasher. Or you could actually explain blo- both b'rises based on b'rises. The entire b'rises can both be b'rises. Why does one b'rises say potter and one b'rises say chayev? The answer is it depends. One part of the b'rises is talking about shevach v'lados and one part of the b'rises is talking about d'me Meaning, according to b'rises, if the husband dies, and then she miscarries. She gets the entire Shevach Vlados. The Dmei Vlados, she's still potentially potter, but she gets the entire Shevach Vlados. So when one Bryce, that could also, how you could explain both Bryces. Both b'risas are Shevach m'lil. And when the Bryce says that she gets it, that's talking about Shevach Vlados. And when the Bryce says she doesn't get it, it's Dmei Vlados. Easy. Uh, Amri, oh, Me Shevach Vlados Lishma Dmei Vlados, Umidarev Shevach Lishma Dmei Well, so you're telling me that according to, Roshim, according to the Rabbanon, when, when he dies, she gets nothing. According to Roshim Liel, when he dies, she gets everything. Is that, isn't that kind of strange? That like, normally they argue, machleks are limited. Right? So you're telling me that according to the Rabbanon, when he dies, she gets nothing. According to Liel, when she when he dies, she gets everything doesn't it make more sense to say that they both agree that when he dies, she gets something, and like to limit the Machlokas? The Gemara says, no. Omri loy Shevach to Deshaychi Yadai Begavai, Yuzache Bebekulu. Dimei Vladas, Deshaychi Bebekulu. No. could be that Roshim only says, regarding Shevach Vladas, that she, he feels she gets a percentage in, she gets all of it. But Deme Vladis, which she never got, comfortable saying that she got nothing. So it, it, you can get out of the prices. Okay, new topics till the end of the Duff. I'm not sure this is completely unrelated, at least to me. I don't, I don't see how this is related to anything. Okay, here's the deal. Boymine, uh, Rav Yeva, Saba Mirav Nachman. gotta speed up a little bit. Hamachzik. <laughs> oh, okay, fun. i but it's, it's no longer ox and, right, and right. baby stuff. Hamachzik b'shtaros <laughs> Okay, let's say a, a, a ger dies. Now, when a ger dies, everything that he owns is hefker. So he owns land. So if you want the land, you got to go take the land. Now the way to take the land is there's Khazaka, uh, chazaka, Khalipin, whatever it is. But let's say instead of doing that, you just grab the deeds, you grab the, the, the documents. So you definitely did not acquire the land because that's not how you acquire land. The question is, did you acquire the, at least the paper? Did you acquire the paper? The documents themselves. Because... Well, you say you picked it up, but if your whole picking it up was thinking you're acquiring the content inside, then the same way you didn't acquire the content inside, you didn't acquire the papers themselves. Or, when you pick it up, you're trying to do both. I'm trying to acquire the papers, and I'm trying to acquire the content inside. Well, I didn't get A, but at least you get B. That's the question. What do you mean acquire the content? I guess it has some value. Yeah, I mean, it's paper. you pick up papers to acquire the value of whatever the paper is? Not the content of yeah, the paper but if your intention is just to acquire the content inside the paper this paper says that this house belongs to me I pick up this paper you don't get the house that's not how you acquire houses it doesn't work, it doesn't work to acquire the house you need like, a kidney chazak on the house you know, you can't be acquired house. a house by picking up the deed that's not a, that's not a good form so of a kidney nothing that's the question are you at least acquiring the paper that's the question if your whole cheshben is you're trying to acquire the house itself you just don't know halakha. halacha so you don't acquire the house, you probably don't acquire the paper either. Or you say, no, I'm trying to acquire the paper. I want the paper for me. First of all, paper has value. Paper has inherent value also. I don't have to give you the deed now. I got the paper. It's mine, my paper. You get an airplane out of it. Yeah, I don't know, you can do whatever you want. Well, that's the question. So the Gemara says, Do we say that when you pick up the documents, your sole intention is to acquire the, the land itself? And it didn't work for the land, therefore it didn't work for the star also. Because he didn't think about the star when you're picking up. Or perhaps, no, I was trying to acquire both. I was trying to acquire the paper and the contents inside. I didn't get one, but I should get the other. So So Rav Yeva says, why is he pick up the paper? He wants to cover a bottle? He wants to cover a soda bottle? Meaning, why else does he pick up the paper if not to acquire the contents inside? Like, why... Basically, like, why else does he pick up the paper? It must be to acquire the contents inside. Didn't get the contents, didn't get the paper. The My response, no, I'm really lots of lots of, as you said, make a paper airplane. I don't, I don't know, he picked it up. Maybe he wanted to, maybe he wanted paper. I don't know, maybe he wanted to cover a bottle. Maybe even if he wanted the content. No. No. Well, that's the question. What was his thought process? That's his question. What was his thought process? If his thought process, the gemara is basically saying, why would anyone pick up a paper if not to acquire the content inside? The answer is because he wanted the paper. I don't know. And and also, it's like what you said. You don't get into their mindset. You saw him do a kenyan on the paper. Okay, Uh, it should work. Okay, Amar Raba. You're picking up the paper because you think stupidly that you can get the property with this star. Evidently, you also want the paper itself. Uh, yeah, I guess it's so. True. I guess that's that. That's the discussion. Um, Raba says Yisrael bi Adger. Okay, two quick cases. I have a um, okay. I'm a Jew. You're the uh, not you. Okay, a Jew. Bo- no, because you'll see it's going to go bad. A Jew borrows money from a ger. <coughs> I borrow. from the Gare. He wants uh, collateral. I give him a Rolex as collateral. I pick a Rolex because it's more valuable than the loan. It will be relevant soon. I give him a Rolex as collateral. The Gare dies. Everything is Hefker. Someone grabs the Rolex. Do they get to keep it? The answer is no, because the Gare never owned the Rolex. He owned the right to collect it if I renege on the payment. The second he dies and the loan is forgiven, I get back my collateral. Okay what about the opposite what if I lent money to a ger and he gave me a rolex and then the ger died so the question is so I, I, I want to keep the rolex but someone else grabbed it so here's the deal I, let's say the loan was for $5,000 I loaned Aguirre $5,000. I want collateral. He gives me a $10,000 Rolex. He dies. Now, the second he dies, he is not going to pay back the loan anymore. So I get, I don't get all of the Rolex. I get $5,000 worth of the value of the Rolex, because that's the lien. If someone else grabs it, they get the remaining $5,000. Okay. The Gemara says... Because I don't own the Rolex. I don't have rights to the entire thing. I have the rights to the value to you to get my so money back. That, he like no, he's the getting government? the other 5000 so It's fine. So people can just go around and pull things out of people's hands and say. Well, I, I don't know if it's not in my hands. It might be in my house. In house oh, so we'll get to that in a second. The Gemara says, Am <laughs> I? Wait a minute. Technically, Why? Why wouldn't it be Kenyan chater automatically? Meaning, if the if the if the if the the security, the ma, the pikadin is in my backyard, which we assume it is. It's probably in my house. The guy took it from my house. No, no, because no, there's on you. That's a different kinyin. It's in my chater. Yeah, so a why? No, I'm saying so. Is. No, but if it's already mine, again, the second he dies, it's hefker. Even without it being hefker, the second he dies, I get the five thousand dollars worth of the Rolex for sure. What about the other $5,000 value of the Rolex? Well, I've got to make a kid in on that. If the other guy grabs it first before I make a kid in, then finds his keepers. Now, the Gemara just has a point. Didn't he go into your house? Yeah, he went into my house. Because it's in my house. So how is it finding his keepers? Hey, is, shouldn't my chatzor work? So the Gemara says, due to technicality, The case is where I was not home at the time. Chatzor only works if you're there. As the Gemara says, Chatzar only works, only works if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're standing there. Why yeah. can't you say uh, it was an arisha Rabban? No, no, no. The Gemara just assumes so that a pikodin so is mistum in, in your in the, property. It doesn't have no, to be. But uh, the, the rish 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 rish. No, no, no. But why would I? It could you be. but it's, just, a, two watches, it's not normal to leave a Rolex. Mistum a, 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 a pikodin is by the person. So the Gemara so says, so Leste, the case is where the, he's not present. So when we talk about Shemar Kedushin and Gittin, where you throw a throw an object, it wasn't to be there. Somebody yeah. has to be in that lane. Hecha de isalidide, when you're present in town, de makne matzikani. Then if you wanted to acquire the object yourself, then kanyle <inaudible> nami chatser, then chhatsu works. Kalaika de lessal day, but if you're not present in town, de boy lemikne loi matzikani. So you couldn't do a kinny <inaudible> on your own. Chatse nami loy kanya, the chatsu <inaudible> does not work as well. The hilchasa, less chatser, loi kana, and that's the halakha. Let's just quickly do the Mishnah. I, I, if I could ask three minutes, three minutes, then so will stop. The Mishnah says like this. The Mishnah says, I dig a pit in private domain. I start in the private domain, but it ends in the public domain. So I do it at an angle. So at the base of it, <coughs> the opening is in the private domain, but the I see tunnels now. The private, the beginning of the tunnel is in the private domain, but the end of the tunnel is in the public domain. Or vice versa. Or, or the tunnel goes from one domain to the other, all in the But for it to be hive in a bar, you have to have some element of versus HaRab because people have to be able to walk there. So that, right, Soldiers are going into other people's property because it's war. You can't go into someone's backyard even if he digs a pit there. So the case is, I go from my backyard to your backyard and I, I mafka the area around it so I allow people to walk in. Then someone falls in, says the halacha, chayiv. Now our Mishnah follows Rav Revakiva holds that a bar does not have to be in Rosh Hashanah. A bar could be in Rosh Hashanah that you mafka the area around it. Bar does not have to be B'rshus it could be B'rshus you have to be mafka the area around it, or else you could say, "Why? Well, what are you doing in my backyard? But it, it does not have to be in R'rshus it does not have to be a main street. It could be in your backyard, as long as you're mafka your backyard, that is a bar. That's a sheet of Rav Kiva. let's just quickly finish up. That's a sheet of Rav Kiva, but it is not universally accepted. ravi Shmal disagrees. The Gemara says, Tan Rabbonon, ha chayfer bar B'rshus HaYochid, episkler R'rshus chayiv, says Rabbi Shemal says, for it to be a bar in the Torah, it has to be that it's in Rosh Hashanah. Now, either entirely Rosh Hashanah, or you, the opening is in Rosh Hashanah, but the base is in Rosh Hashanah. The base has to be in Rosh Hashanah. If you be, dig in Rosh Hashanah and just mafka the area around it, no good. Ravakiva Kiva says, no. Ravi Kiva says, no, 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 no. You can be in a bar even if it's Rosh Hashanah. So, Machloik whether it's in a bar or in Rosh Hashanah. So, Oh, so Amar Raba v'bar b'shisharab kuli Everyone agrees if you dig a pit in b'shisharab you're chayiv. My time Amar kro ki yiftach Because I'll tell you what. What's the source that you could be chayiv in b'shisharab? Because the pasuk says yiftach, which means you open the pit. Uncover, and Yichra means to dig. Let me ask you a question. If you're chayev for uncovering a pit that someone else made, isn't it Dover pashit that you're chayev for digging your own pit? Why does the Pesach have to say that? So the Gemara says, If I'm chayev for uncovering a pit, I guarantee you I'm chayev for digging a pit. ask You know what it means? It means I'm chayev for merely digging or uncovering. It means that's my only relationship to the ground. I don't own it. All I own is the digging and the uncovering. Meaning, I, I'm not actually. If you look at Rashi, we'll end with this. Rashi says, "I just have to find the page again." So the Gemara says, Rashi says, "Baloi boy." I don't actually own it. El The pasuk is trying to em- emphasize, I don't actually own the land. I just uncovered or I dug it. Meaning, it's Rosh Hashanah, and I'm chayv. Lo nechliku. What's the machloikas? Ella the barbashusai. The machloikas is if I dig a pit in Rosh Hashanah and I'm afk the area around it. Rabbi Yeshkiva severed barbashusai. Not nah me chayv. Rabbi Yeshkiva holds your ye chayv. bal habar because the pasuk describes a bal habar, the owner of the pit, which implies that it's in an area that you could own. Rabbi Shmuel severed bal takal. Rabbi Shmuel says, no, 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 no. Bal doesn't mean own. Bal just means the one responsible. End with this. So here's the one question. According to Rabbi Shmall, you're only chayiv in shasaravim. That's where Rabbi Shmall said, ze bar ha But according to Rabbi Akiva, I'm chayiv whether it's a shasayachid or a shasarabim. So why do Rabbi Akiva say, ze bar ha-amar b'tayra"? Ze implies, like this is the only case. Rabbi says, you're always chayv. Ella ze Zebar amar to come Rabbi Kiva, ze bar she pascha Rabbi just means, a bar b'shasayachid is the first Type of bar the Torah recognizes, but I'm really chayav for both. Some chayav for both, but zebar amar is the first one that the Torah describes.